Hello and welcome to the Wyatt Pew podcast. I am Serena Mohammed. My name is Gabrielle Della Puente. And we're the Wyatt Pew, of course. Um, so we've got a chatty one for you today. Very chill. We're doing it laid back because we've been on a little break with like the actual like chatty podcasts where we actually speak to you in proper podcast format. Um, the last one was what, November? Yeah, November, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've been having, we've had quite the four months, I think, since then. Yeah. It's been... We always take December off because we need a break from the internet. We've done that for a few years now. But then on January 2nd, I got COVID and it just never left. Now it's long COVID. And to be honest, I wasn't really able to speak properly at all. So that was a good excuse for not being able to do a podcast. <laughs> But we're able to get there now and we'll just have a catch up. So what have you been doing? What did you do in December when we took our annual break? Well, um, so I've got my bullet journal spread open and I will literally tell you day by day what I did. I mean, no, actually not day by day because that'd be tedious, but I'll, I'll give you like a rundown. I went on a lot of walks. I read 12 books. I ate a lot of chocolate, which... I don't know, I feel like I don't normally do, but it's Christmas and I fucking love Christmas chocolate. Like, all of a sudden, it just vegan chocolate takes a little step up. It becomes fancier in December. In this is Christmas. how long it has been since we've spoken that, <laughs> like, I can, see an, I can see Easter eggs around me. Like, we're on a different seasonal chocolate at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think vegan chocolate is shit apart from event-based vegan chocolate mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah 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 the day-to-day stuff isn't as it? it's not it's not worth it um I had an eye test <laughs> good to know can I tell you can I just no wait hold on because I've got a bugbear so I had an eye test before the Christmas lockdown mm-hmm. and Obviously, you have your eye test because you need new glasses. I need new glasses. I cannot see, Gabrielle. So, I had my eye test, ordered my new glasses, paid for my new glasses, and then lockdown came, and the optician I went to is, like, fancy, bougie. They also sell sunglasses. So they shut down with usual shops, like, with the normal retail. They shut down... Oakley and Covent Garden have been holding my glasses hostage for the past four months. I can't see. Can you can you get them now that everything's opened up this week? Yeah, they emailed me last week to be like, hello, your glasses are here somewhere. But because it's been like four months, they don't know where they are. I paid for them. I'm so angry. They've been holding my glasses hostage. And not to be, you know, too pessimistic, but your prescription might have changed in the past four months. I know. Yeah. I've worried about that. Anyway, what else did you do in the summer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to go see the Shyla Berman Christmas lights. That was fun. At Tate Britain. And then I reviewed them. Yes. I mean, that was like a less exciting part. But the Shyla lights, great at Tate Britain. Do you want to describe what they were for anyone who isn't familiar? They were kind of like Christmas and Diwali lights is how I'd describe them. Someone did a really kitsch sick on the front of the Tate Britain. Yeah. It's just mental. It was like being in a temple, but crazy. I did review, that was my first review of 2021 though, so I wasn't technically all on holiday. What about you? What did you do over December? I did so much. I started the month by writing a list of like different things I wanted to do. Part social, part video game. Oh, part physical as well. And I just achieved so much. I finally pushed myself to be able to run 5Ks. And then I did that all the time. I platinumed Death Stranding, which if you play video games, and in particular, if you've got a PlayStation, you'll know how hard that is. It took me about 160 hours, but I did it. I played The Last of Us Part 1 in two days. It was fine. I really liked the story thought it was a bit too violent for me and I'm scared to play The Last of Us Part 2 now because I don't want to murder people in a video game and I played a lot of Hades as well which is another game and I did my taxes 
<laughs> so I felt like my December was just a full-on catching up on stuff that people have been recommending I do and just achieving lots and lots and lots which I'm really glad about because I didn't know how much of a turn things were about to take and I'm glad that I was able to like get all of that checked off Hmm. before I got sick (laughs) and then I got sick you said that like then I got sick sick (laughs) (laughs) dab (laughs) I woke up on January 2nd and I had a fever and a cough and I shit myself and it it's really like not literally. I don't know. You didn't literally shit yourself. No, I didn't literally you shit said myself. That, like, just you like emotionally. Shat yourself. Like it was a symptom. Oh, I emotionally shot myself. Like I braced myself because I thought, what the fuck? Like I've not, I, I as a person, I never get sick. I have always just been this like, <laughs> like this unstoppable force. I don't know how else to describe it. I've always done so much. Do you know what it is? I think the way I describe it is you're like, you're hardy. You're very stoic, I think. Mm. And what it is about you is that like, I feel, it's not that you're immune to everything, but I think you don't let like, <laughs> you don't let, let these like little, like the common cold is not quite frankly a match for you and you will power through. Fun fact about Gabrielle, she doesn't take paracetamol because she doesn't want to build a tolerance to it. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Oh, God, I've taken so much paracetamol this year. I've re- Oh. <sighs> anyway, I feel... I felt really bummed out because I didn't know how I'd got it. It's not like I was breaking the rules over Christmas. It's not like I did... It's not like I've ever broken the rules. I'm a fucking angel. And I woke up anyway on January 2nd and I wasn't well. And I ordered a home test, postal test, to check if it was COVID. And over the course of that first week, I ended up having to do two postal tests because they sent me a text basically a few days later and said, like, they couldn't read the text. Like, there was something wrong with it. I don't know. My COVID was too powerful for the test. So I had to take a second one. But over the course of the first seven days, I just got, like, I was, I was sort of okay at first. I thought it was just like a cough and a fever and I'll just take some ibuprofen, stop it in its tracks. But by the end of the week, I was so tired. Um, I lost my taste um, and my smell. I had insane back pain. Mm. I've never had back pain before. It was just so uncomfortable. And then the breathing went and the breathing was like obviously the most scary thing. And it was really like... I don't want to be dramatic. I think I am traumatised by it all. That's fair. Like, I was in my flat on my own. I remember... Because it was just when, like, post-Christmas, the country was like, oh, shit, we need to go back into another lockdown because, like, 50,000 people are getting positive tests a day. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm one of them. Um, And I was seeing all these, like, news articles and maybe I shouldn't have been watching the news. But, like looking at videos of people in ICU wards it would make me just like immediately like upset because I knew now how they felt Mm. like I knew why they were there and I could feel it I could feel like the same choke of it all and it just got it, it was just horrible it was really scary and even I don't know it got to the point where yeah, I couldn't speak properly because I couldn't breathe enough to speak. Um, and I was, like, having to... I just naturally realised that the only way I could be comfortable was if I was lying on my front um, and, like, my head to the side and then I would alternate which way my head was because it was just... I say that was the only way I could be comfortable, but that is also just a really uncomfortable way to put your body, like, I don't know, planking forward in your bed. Uh, and there was one point where I had to call 111 because I was just so worried about it. And I mean, you can, I, you could message, I was messaging you, I was messaging friends and family. 
and everyone was amazing everyone was really nice but it just got to a point where I was like I need to speak to a doctor because like I don't know how bad this is I don't know if I should still be at home on my own um called 111 and that was about two weeks after first getting sick so it's quite a way into it and I they they were really nice and said you know I they don't think I'm gonna get worse beyond this point they think this will be the turning point um and they sorted me out with an inhaler and Michael my fiance went to Asda picked up the inhaler and dropped it off to me um and the inhaler helped a little bit and I do think that's when I started to like turn around that that day but it's so strange to look back on all of this because I remember him standing and opening the door and obviously staying two meters away because I was like full-on infectious (laughs) and him like yeah passing me at the inhaler or throwing it or something and just feeling like oh my god I'm trapped in this flat and so I should be I should be trying to contain it so no one else gets sick but I'm going crazy and I can't breathe and I can't even like stand up to make food to eat and I know I should probably be eating healthy things but like I just can't stand up long enough to like make healthy food and the dishes are piling up because I can't clean them and I didn't shower for like two three weeks like I I couldn't I couldn't do anything I felt grimy I felt like mentally grimy felt just it was just the worst thing ever I do think I'm like actually traumatized by it all and it is so shit that I didn't just then get better (laughs) it then became long COVID is insane to me I think it's fair to be traumatized by that though like that's like that is like crazy fucking virus thriller like apocalyptic you had that like people keep talking about COVID like it's this post-apocalyptic or like apocalyptic moment and I think so much of that can like slip into aphorism or like cliche, but you had the actual apocalyptic, like fucking like you're like just the world that contains you all of a sudden turned like that was that moment for you. Mm. It's like completely fair to be traumatized by that. That was traumatizing. Like, yeah, it is. It's, it's so strange. And I was also thinking at the time, like, you know, I'm going to, Like, I didn't think I was going to die. And I sort of... I think I knew then, like, I wasn't going to need to go to hospital. I was just going to have to, like, tough it out. Um, But it it was just the sickest I'd ever been. And I I just couldn't handle it. And especially, like, doing all of that on your own was... I don't know. I just can't describe how weird it was and how sad it was. And not even, like, being able to cry because you can't get enough breath out to cry just so it's all so dark (laughs) it's so dark (laughs) oh no i'm gonna cry (laughs) i'm gonna cry as well because it is emotional (laughs) it was so shit it was so shit and like oh my god i'm actually crying (laughs) (laughs) oh god i remember at the time reading an article on the BBC that sort of went, I think it went up the week that I got sick, that said people who experience five or more symptoms are more likely to have lasting effects. And I remember also reading in that article that it's more likely to affect women in the long run and it's more likely to affect women over 50. And I was like, I'm 26. I'm fine. But at the same time, I knew I wasn't going to be fine. Like, I remember thinking, nah, this, is, this isn't this is going to end anytime soon. <laughs> this feels, like, too deeply bad. Um, So when I had COVID, and I've got a list. I just can't think. I probably can't do this off the top of my head. I've got a list in front of me. When I had COVID, COVID, capital letters COVID, there were nine symptoms. Fever, coughing, tiredness. Loss of taste, loss of smell, headaches, back pain, chest pain, and shortness of breath. Nine symptoms, right? It's not like they just magically stopped. 
it just feels like they changed and they like spread out and got comfortable. So nine symptoms with COVID became 15 with long COVID. And they sort of go up and down the ranks. And some days one of them is like really center stage. And some days I'll do something and it will trigger four of them, four or four symptoms. So the new symptoms are like, maybe I should like give a scenario. So this is something that happened IRL. So I live in a flat on my own and because it's a little flat, there's no like stairs between like where I'm sitting in the living room and the bathroom. So it's fine. This is, this is important for later, but fatigue is a really major symptom of long COVID and probably one of my top three that has been affecting me. And because it's so knackering to like, I I can't, I just can't really do the life administration you need to keep up with in order to live alone anymore. Like, what are you going to eat this week? How are you going to get the food? How are you going to cook it? And are you going to carry on washing the dishes? Like that, that (laughs) is just so impossible in a way it never was. Like there have been points, and I know this sounds like absolutely disgusting, but just to get real on, on the White Pew podcast, where there have been so many dishes and I just can't do, I just can't do it, that I've like had to put them in the shower and like power hose them. Which sounds horrible. I rinse them first, so like nothing. Like, anyway, but that's how intense it's gotten. Yeah. I don't have a dishwasher, and it is like at, at this point, it's all accessibility hacks. Whatever fucking works, I'll do it. Um, so because all of that's so difficult, I immediately after getting sick, I spent, and when I wasn't infectious anymore, I basically moved into my fiance's parents' house. The issue is that they've got stairs. It's a house. The bathroom's upstairs. So I still can't really taste and smell in the way that I used to. And, I, and a long COVID symptom, loss of appetite. Hmm. Zarina, what's my relationship like with food? I, do you know, I think out of, out of both of us, it's really unfair that that happened to you. Because I think... Yes. Like, it's just you did not deserve that specifically because like it's just anyone else i'd be like oh whatever loss of appetite like loss of taste i think is just kind of whatever you just carry on but you hate wasted meals like that that is a thing that you just do not experience i hate wasted meals a wasted meal for anyone listening is a wasted (laughs) meal it's when you just put something shit together and you eat it and you didn't enjoy it and it didn't really taste good but you ate it anyway no you can't live life having wasted meals your life's too short you've got to have three good meals every day that you loved but like i see that is you saying that like i i do not live that way i have like three wasted meals a day maybe i have two good meals a week but like the tedium like the tedium (laughs) of like three times a day being like what would I really enjoy like my brain does just not it just doesn't work like that I cannot think of three good meals on the spot that are like 10 out of 10 that I'm really going to enjoy but you can you've got that skill and so that that's why it's really unfair I had that skill I don't have it anymore so I've eaten between the fatigue and like brain fog that come with long covid I've eaten so much, so many wasted meals in the past few months. It is depressing. Um, but anyway, so I moved to, yeah, I moved in with my, uh, into my support bubble's house because then uh, my fiance could cook instead. So he's been making all this food and I've also tried to like drink as much water as possible. But when you drink lots of water, you need a wee all the time. I really, none of this is an exaggeration. If I go up the stairs, my heart beats at a million miles an hour. Because it beats faster, I breathe faster. Because I can't breathe as deeply anymore, I start to hyperventilate. And that's an issue. (laughs) 
it's an issue that I never went to hospital when I had COVID, but I went to hospital in an ambulance because of the stairs one day in with because of long COVID. I was at my support bubble's house. I'd gone up and down the stairs too many times and I was hyperventilating. And it when you do that, it means that your oxygen levels can drop to a dangerous level. And that's what happened to me. So the ambulance had to take me in. Um, like that's unbelievable. To have gone from like a December full of 5Ks and enjoying it and to being worried if I have to go upstairs, I just, yeah, again, I can't put it into words. The other thing that comes with that is if I go up and down the stairs too many times, slash, even if sometimes I don't do anything at all, this can still happen, I get muscle pain and joint pain that is actually worse than any other symptom on the list, I think, personally. It is so painful. I was saying, it happened to me yesterday, um, because I stood still in one place for too long. I don't know, that is also something that brings it on. If, if I was saying to, to Michael on the phone last night, like, it felt like my legs were in the bath, like they were so hot. And I was just sitting on the couch, like it felt like my legs were on fire. And it sort of feels like growing pains, but also cramp. And sometimes painkillers work, sometimes they don't. A lot of people have recommended magnesium. And honestly, I just haven't noticed the difference with that. I've started taking creatine. I stopped because it didn't, nothing worked with that. And it's really difficult because it keeps me up at night. Sometimes the leg pain is so bad that I then can't sleep. Sometimes I wake up in the night because it still hurts me. That happened last night. I was awake like at like 5am because it, and I was, it was my first thought. I was like, oh, I'm awake because my legs are hurting. Sometimes it comes on from inactivity. Sometimes it's too much activity. And it, it's really difficult because it's, it's only me who can learn how to stabilise that and learn the pattern of it. And I just, I'm just not at that point where I, I've found the answers to any of it and I'm like, have I got a chronic illness now? Is How long is this going to last? Like, no one knows how long long COVID lasts for. No one can entirely say what it is. Some people think it's the immune system that's gone haywire after COVID. Some people think that the infection itself is still present, but, like, so deeply in your body that like nasal swabs and tests can't pick it up like I don't know I I never want to say I've got a chronic illness because I I don't want to put too much weight behind that because again I just don't know how permanent it is and maybe maybe in like a month I'll be completely different but but also I yeah I don't know do you think that's like a hesitancy because you you don't want to like chronic illness feels big and like are you like downplaying your <laughs> like the the things that you're experiencing because like you're like oh no it's not that bad. like it's not like that like it's not like oh let's chill out like I think it is like you're dealing with the same issues of like ability and access and like like all of these things are being affected and I think it is a chronic illness like that's yeah I think it is a chronic illness. I think I'm, yeah. So I should also say there were, I I named 15 symptoms. So part, a lot of them I've already mentioned. There are like, I get pins and needles and dizziness after the stairs as well. I get the pins and needles in my arms, which is weird. Never had that really before. Um, And then something that like, I feel like I've not really spoken about too much on the internet and and it's hard to find any research around it because all of this is so new is what long COVID has done to my periods (laughs) it has sent them fucking haywire (laughs) they are more painful than they've ever been there is no regularity whatsoever and I'm also having the worst PMS I've ever ever had I'm really, really not exaggerating. So because of the lack of regularity, 
I at one point had to take a pregnancy test because I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. But it wasn't. It was just long COVID pretending to be a baby <laughs> and scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> I also less less funny than than that. Um, there have been like really, really boxed off singular days where I've felt like, what is the point in life? Like. I, you know, like, I just couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't stop crying. I don't... I just felt, inc- like, really, really incredibly low. And I thought, I'm just going to be in pain forever. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? There's no answer. No one can answer that. So I'm right. Um, And then a few days later, I would come on my period. And I was like, what the fuck? It was PMS all along but there's no regularity for me to know that that is PMS it's just so unfair that this is this is happening Hmm. I hate it I hate all of it I would not recommend long COVID zero out of ten would not recommend to a friend I hate it and then I had the vaccine so Liverpool has had like a lot of surplus vaccines because the fucking cosmic scousers aren't getting the vaccine Zarina's pulling her face. She doesn't know what a cosmic scouser is. I don't cosmic know. Cosmic scousers are like the sort of neo hippies slash, I don't know, drink on Loch Lane. And they think that they're, they're sort of like the anti vaxxers and think that it's all like government control. Cosmic scousers. Whatever. There's a lot of surplus in Liverpool, so I got a vaccine. And I got Pfizer. I was really grateful to be able to get it. It threw me for a loop. I was so, so ill for like a solid seven days after it. Um, And it was sort of like a mini COVID again. So like really all the symptoms kind of crunched into a week, including again, uh, changes to taste. So I had like metal taste in my mouth for a few days. um, And... I had the vaccine two weeks, two weeks today, two weeks ago today. And my fatigue is like still sort of not up to what it was the day before I got the vaccine, if that makes sense. Um, It's just all of it is, all of it's crazy. (laughs) And I keep feeling really self-conscious that like we are so visible on the internet and I want to talk about these things. And I want to tell people about COVID because it's interesting and because because I want people to like be safe and to not get it, most importantly. But also because I want to find the other people who've got long COVID and who maybe have found like ways to make the leg pain stop, for example, or I don't know, just some some ways to help. Um, also to not be alone in it. like By f- yeah, to not be alone in it. Yeah, I. But there's something about like the visibility of that that I feel. Yeah, it just keeps making me feel self conscious because there are days when I can do stuff and there are days when I can't, and I don't want people to think, "Oh, she's back. She's she's back to normal now." Um, and for and and then to think that you know I've I've like I've I've lied about any of it yeah. or do you know what I mean? Does I know that make sense? Mean, because I it's happened a few times where will like something has come out you know on someone else's channels or something like we've recorded something back in November that's just been released and people are like oh wow it's going back and I'm like no 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 like it I think maybe the way that like sick leave is conceptualized is like oh well she's doing this now so she should be better like oh great she's back on the mend and like I'm sure it comes from a well-meaning place but I don't know you just need more time you need to like have time to heal and like you know just have a lie down have a lie down Gabrielle (laughs) like away from other people being like I know away from that pressure of other people kind of expecting you to be back like you need to just kind of be able to put that aside and I don't know if that's entirely possible when like it's coming to you through your phone yeah Mm -hmm. exactly like I woke up today and I thought I said to you, okay, let's do the podcast. But there, are, there are mornings. There probably be like tomorrow morning might be a really bad morning. It's so f- elastic and 
it's so annoying that it it's so <laughs> it like goes up and down in this way um whenever you whenever I've been sick in the past I just expect this like perfect linear recovery and then full energy and full ability to think I one of the things that has gotten to me the most is I think how my thinking has changed through it all which again I just don't really see people talking about online and maybe it's maybe I'm not doing enough research into it all because I've just not got the energy or ability to think about it in that way like I used to have this job as the white pube and the white pube runs this sort of like whole administrative exercise behind the scenes where we're trying to like negotiate jobs and put those into a calendar and on top of that we have like the weekly texts that we write so for me that also means like scheduling in time to play games um on top of that we also had like a fortnightly podcast that we were recording and then getting transcribed and then uploading we well I was also reading texts out loud live on Instagram like there was so much and then I had another job in my self-employment where I run output gallery on my own which again is like a whole I had to deliver a whole public program of, of shows and then on top of that life administration social life then creative life on top of that and again the, the amount of times I was running around the park and getting really excited about like being able to run for a long time um so there was this like constant mental balance going on of being able to like think about all these things and think about them in a really organized way so that everything functioned and I enjoyed that and I also found it it really easy none of that feels easy now I I think compared to what I was doing in December my ability is like 30% of it so all I do now is I write the weekly texts you handle emails you handle everything for the white pube and then I've given the gallery over to Michael who and I feel like I'm waiting for someone to call like nepotism on that but it's it's sort of an accessibility thing as well because he's the person I see the most so I can oversee what he's doing in the easiest way and and with the most familiarity as well um I I don't think I I think it would take too much energy to be able to teach someone from you know the the ground up to be able to manage any of that so it's it's totally an accessibility thing it's very I feel like the need to like reintroduce myself to the world because so much has changed and again not wanting to put too much weight behind that because I don't know how long this is going to last yeah it's very weird I have a question go on and I don't know if this is like a question you want to answer Maybe not not on the podcast, but it's something I'm wondering, and it's like, and I mean, I mean this as broadly as possible as well. But like, how? I feel like you have had such a stable relationship with your body. Hmm. How and like how has COVID changed the way you feel towards it? Like, you don't have to answer that because that's like no 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 that's, that's quite personal, it's a really yeah. good question. Do you know? So the other symptom that I've sort of not ever, I don't think I've mentioned this to you because I'm trying to deny it's happening because I also don't know if it is happening, is hair loss. So a symptom, not a, it's not a listed symptom of COVID. It's a listed symptom that can happen after trauma whereby the body itself, a few months after something has happened, it can happen with pregnancy, major surgery and apparently covid the body goes into like lockdown itself and only does the things it really really needs to do and growing hair isn't one of those things now i'm noticing that like the clog the clog (laughs) the the drain clogs more than usual 
I'm noticing like even when I'm I'm sitting down like more hair is like sort of coming out of my hands and I don't know if it's hair loss or if it is the fact that because of the fatigue I'm probably not washing and brushing my hair as much as I used to do you know what I mean so I don't know if it's just hair from that but it is really making me start to feel a little bit worried so things like that are stuff that I've just obviously never really thought about. I do feel like I've had a really stable relationship with my body, but in a way where like I've not really thought much about it at all because I because my body just sort of functioned, so it di- it didn't need any attention. Um, you know, I've always had a good relationship with food, and I don't think that has really changed, but it's definitely been challenged because. I can't taste food in the same way. Everything feels like it needs a lot of salt. <laughs> um, it just, like I got um, like an M&S meal deal food thing yesterday with like noodles and duck and like a chili garlic ginger sauce and loads of veg. And it tasted like nothing. And this is three plus months after now and it was so disappointing so I was just sitting there like really eating out of like necessity because I know I had to I wasn't eating for joy I wasn't eating because I love food it felt like a wasted meal even though it was a good on on paper it was a good meal and that's just been really depressing um the food thing is is being really strange like (laughs) again to ask you a question what's my relationship been like with (laughs) coca-cola it's like it's just like a a part of you i think (laughs) i can't i don't i we've known each other for what seven years now seven eight years ish around there and look in the grand scheme of my life like, my time not knowing you has been longer. But I cannot look at a can of Coke unrelated, unprompted, like, unprovoked, without thinking of you. I'm like, oh, that's Gab. Like, it, it, it conjures you. Like, you've overtaken Coke in my mind. And it's just these twin, like, these twin entities. It's not even like you drink loads of it. It's just, like, it's just always there. I just you know love I mean? it. I really, yeah. I think it's the best drink. So, now, take this information. I've not had a can of Coke since the beginning of January. Shut up. Really? Because, well, I guess you can't taste it. But do you not just have it out of habit? No, because advice given to people with long COVID is that they shouldn't have caffeine. So I, when I first got sick, that first, that very first week, I had a can of Coke twice, I think. First, because I, I wanted it. And I, I sort of, I think I just drank it. I didn't really think about it. Because at that point, I didn't realise my taste was going. And then the day that my taste went, I opened a can of Coke and I tasted it. And it was like nothing. It was like bubbles. There was there was a physical feeling, but there was no taste. And I left it on the counter there all day. And at the end of the day, I just poured it down the sink because... I, I couldn't taste it. And then I learned like that you weren't allowed to have caffeine. Um that's fine, whatever. But since then, every so often I'll taste a little bit of my Michael's drink and it just tastes like so artificial. I- I'm getting this sense that now and it, it this ha- this isn't like blanket across the board, but when I taste things, I can taste like the constituent parts of it. I can't taste the overall flavor that it's like trying to achieve so for example I had a packet of pickled onion monster munch and it tasted like popcorn because I could taste the corn do you know what I mean like I could I could uh, it's so strange like because obviously like there are different taste buds like you can taste Salty, that's one receptor. That's then sweet is like another one. Do you reckon they're coming back like fa- in phases? Maybe, basically. maybe that's the case. Yeah. So I, so when I, 
also tasted Fanta at one point and it just tasted like chemicals. Coke is a little bit better. Coke's like less chemical-y. But because it's a taste that I know so well, I'm She's using that it. as like a measure and it's just not there yet. It's very, very oh, strange. It's that's all very you, strange. I'm... Gab, that's the... <laughs> You're going to cry. That's... No, honestly, because like I know all the rest of this stuff and like... But that, I think that's the one that's upset me the most. <laughs> I can't taste Coke. Because, no, because like you, like you have nothing. Like Ian Beale, I've got nothing left. Like just like one, one thing. You don't have one thing, one Coke. But like you, as a like, you know what I mean. Like just fine, have the rest. But like, come on, like come on. Like it's really point. not fair, is it? It's actually That's not really fair. It's really not fair. So much of it is like that. So in terms of, yeah, that question of like, has my relationship with my body changed? I think definitely. I feel like all those things I sort of did on autopilot, I'm really just having to think about in a new way. And I, the the appetite thing is is really big. Uh, luckily like it doesn't feel like it's changed my eating habits like I'm still eating and drinking and all that stuff and it's just the the joy is gone and I can't wait for it hopefully I'm sure it'll come back hopefully it'll come back um and physically like I do really miss running I miss exercise Mm -hmm. before COVID started and before the pandemic started I was doing kung fu uh two times a week um and starting to just really fucking love it like getting to a point where I was doing like flying jumps through the air and my flexibility was amazing and I felt strong and I felt really like precise in my movements and my footwork and all of the dance of that was just so enjoyable um I'm in a whatsapp chat with my kung fu group and they're starting to talk about you know now things are opening up should we start to practice in the park again maybe outside and I can't answer them because I'm like, guys, <laughs> what would I say? Like, I can't walk up the stairs without without getting upset. <laughs> like, I can't do any of it. And it's really difficult to see a roadmap back out of it all. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I'm really cautious of, like, doing too much and pushing myself back further and the implications that has for like when the pain is so bad that I then can't think and then I can't do any writing and then I can't do work and yeah it's very it's very like tight rope to walk yeah I think as well like because exercise has got this like like just any kind of exercise it's got this this like mentality or logic around it where it's like it's gonna hurt no pain no gain and like you've got to push through like I mean while that might motivate you just as a as a person you know like exercise you know what I mean like it might be maybe motivational but like sometimes it's just like that's not good for your body when you like when you know what I mean like you can't push through it like so how how then is that meant to make you feel like, that, that takes, like, a mental toll as well as a physical toll. And, like, I just don't think any of that's helpful. Like... Yeah. I think it's, like... Definitely. Yeah, it's just completely the wrong way to, like, go about easing back into things like that. And, like... I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, exor- the, the whole exercise industrial complex, the gym industrial complex is, like, fucking toxic anyway, but... It is, know. but then there's that... The, the fun of like having that routine and the achievements personal achievements of, yeah yeah like doing doing tan toy in northern shaolin kung fu like <laughs> i was so proud to complete that form i was maybe like two weeks off doing my first belt and then the pandemic hit and everything closed down and now between like physical ability and mental ability i can't even remember how to do it or what i would do and that is so upsetting 
there are so many values around long COVID that just aren't fixed and it's so unfair, like it's so unstable. I don't know how long it is. I don't know how to treat treat it. I don't know how to get better. Every day feels different. There's no linear linear recovery. And if you do try and do too much, you're gonna make yourself worse. Yeah. Like that's that's the picture of it. So I sort of feel stuck in this moment now. And in a way it's it's not the it's not too bad of a moment because what I get to do is the thing that I love, which is is writing. I get to try and play video games and then try and write about them. And that's really nice. Um but even there, like I feel like there's massive limits with that as well because the process of writing is taking me twice as long. Um, the video games <laughs> I feel able to play are very limited. Like there are massive open world role playing games that require resource management and orienteering skills to like get through. And then the physical coordination of like a battle and the speed and the pressure and like the anxiety that, that like the good ad- adrenaline sort of anxiety that those situations can make you feel that are fun like that's what makes video games fun I just don't feel like I'm up to it I, I feel like it's it's so broad and my brain feels so much more narrow so I'm really limited in what I can do and all of that is just so not who I have been and that's the that's that's what I'm trying to like sort of can like contend with every day like recalibrate yourself to this new because yeah it's not just like the the world that you're in it's also like yeah you and how much you're able to like how much of like the past self that you've been able to like I don't know slide back into no, not slide back into, but, like, how much of, like, your past self you've been able to carry with you and, like, these, this actual trauma that your body's undergone has, hmm. like, of course, inevitably changed it. But, like, yeah, recalibrating yourself to those new... I don't know. Oh, new parameters. Wanna... Yeah. New parameters. I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> We never it's hug. So strange. We never hug, Serena. We we've hugged like <laughs> twice, and like I just, <laughs> I'm, I just I feel like I just want to give you a cuddle because like it's just you've, <laughs> like it's just not been fair, and like I just, I don't know what to do as like this person that like exists like <laughs> like I'm like I, I've, like the pandemic has made me your pen pal like your business pen pal <laughs> and. Like, <laughs> And, like, I don't know what to do other than just be like, I want to give you a hug. Like, that feels like, I don't know, it would collapse the business pen pal into, like... <laughs> like, that's not what business pen pals do. That's, like, a friend moment, you know? Like, I don't know what other gesture exists to be like, hello, I'm your friend and I love you, other than a hug. <laughs> I feel that, though. Like, you've you've taken on so much work, Um where I've just not been able to, to get to it. Um, you, you're, like, buying me time to get better, which is amazing. Because, like, there are plenty of people who get COVID and have to go back to work the next day, you know, the, the as soon as their, like, sick leave is over. And they're ravaged by, like, the pressures of, of the state and the system and responsibilities. And there are people who... Are, have who get this way but also have like care and responsibilities for other people or for their kids or whatever and I'm in a really privileged position because I don't I don't have any of that I'm self-employed you're my business pen pal <laughs> um and I've I've been yeah you've been able to buy me time to get better and it, it just really scares me again that other people don't don't get that um, I can't believe there isn't like governmental sick pay for people who have long COVID. Like it yeah. is really a fucking travesty. It's it's that ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that there isn't sick leave or oh, sick pay for COVID itself, like there is, but you have to jump through so many hoops and 
basically you already have to be on benefits to, to be able to get it but the fucking reality of it is I got sick on January 2nd however many months after the the COVID first hit this country and the fact that the government was so stupid and unorganized and fucking like as far as I'm concerned they're literally murderers I wouldn't have got it if they had their shit together I wouldn't have got it so late in the game if they had their shit together why the fuck they removed responsibilities over Christmas astounds me because that must even though again I didn't break the rules but I was still having to go to Tesco to get food like I must have touched something in the shop or I must have touched a door handle on the way into my apartment building and I don't think Covid would have been on that door handle or on that item in the shop if the government had their shit together like I'm sick months after getting sick for the first time because because of them I absolutely hate Boris Johnson like so much and every little idiot around him pisses me off so bad like I'm literally sick right now like I'm recording this podcast and I've got my legs crossed and my legs are killing because I've had them crossed for a while I'm and that hurts because of them yeah it's like a direct it is a direct influence and it's like you are directly affected by these bad decisions that these stupid men and like the the the, these very very like incredibly like murderous people like because that's what you're right it is murderous that they are literally murderers at this point like you're directly affected by their bad decision making and like i feel like i know i know why you need to clarify that like you've followed the rules because like it, it like the way that like public discourse around this has has kind of been happening has been like so beneficial to them and like their bad decision making because it's reduced like you know you got covid oh did you follow the rules yes of course i did but like you know you still people still get it anyway like it it kind of but that's the way that public discourse has kind of been like conceptualizing it like oh well only the people that don't follow the rules get covid like if if you you know play the game right if you're really good at following the rules like me then you know you'll be fine you should be fine and it's like yeah you should be fine but you're like maybe you won't like it's still spreading anyway and it's just it just i think it's maddening because as things are opening up now right there was that survey that someone did um i think a couple days ago and it was like do you think that the British public will follow the, you know, will will people take advantage or misbehave as, like, lockdown eases? And it's like, oh, yeah, probably. Probably, like, you know, people won't obey the rules and, like, you know, it probably will go west. Um, what about you? Do you think you will follow the rules? Oh, absolutely. I, I will not be breaking any rules. Like, there is such, like, lack of faith in the public. It's been reduced to this, like, individual responsibility. Rather than, like state responsibility and like it's not really on any of us and like our individual actions to like shoulder the burden of that responsibility for this like virus spreading like surely that's on the government and the way they're handled they're in charge i'm not in charge there's no there's no consistency there at all it it just doesn't work out it doesn't follow through Mm. it's all bullshit it's all bullshit and like I am really glad that I've had the first vaccine. I do feel differently now when I leave the house. Feel safer. And the <laughs> only fucking benefit of having had COVID so bad is that my antibodies will be high. Um, and it means then that, like, you know, a lot of people say I will only need one dose of the vaccine to be fully vaccinated. I'm going to get two. Just, just might as well if it's on offer. I will say I am absolutely shitting myself about getting the second one because of how sick the first one made me. And I, I don't say that to scare anyone off. I say that to long COVID sufferers in particular to clear out your week just in case. <laughs> um, I'm really scared to get that, but I'm worried about what's going to happen next. And I'm worried that um, the different countries that are advising against getting a vaccine like the crazy man who runs brazil um 
I'm really worried about the implications that's going to have on the rest of the world. Like, I just don't see COVID ending for years. Like, it's not going to. And as as happy as I can, f- I, 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 as happy as I can feel about getting this one vaccine, it might mean in a, a year I have to get another COVID vaccine for more variants and how sick these ones made me makes me so worried about having to go through this again and again because of the ineptitude of other governments as well as our own yeah i mean they do say that i don't know who says this maybe this is just aphorism and like urban legend but i keep hearing this everyone says that if you get knocked out by the first one the second one won't be as bad and if you don't get knocked out by the first one the second one will be bad i don't know if that's true but uh no it's it's everyone um, gets it differently some people don't feel anything i am just scared i hate being sick i've been sick for months now (laughs) i hate it so much i feel like when (laughs) like when long covid kind of I don't, I don't even know, like, when, if there is, like, a roadmap out of this, when you are, I feel like you deserve a fucking holiday. The first thing you should do is not get back to work. <laughs> you should go to the fucking Maldives and, like, like, just, like, that's what you, that's, I think, the first thing you should do. Post-long COVID checklist for Gabrielle. Banana boat. Yeah. I, I, again, boat I really don't want to be, I really don't want to be dramatic about all of this even though maybe this has been a really dramatic episode i can't tell anymore because this is just normal um but it like the fatigue and the cost of doing different activities that i then have to weigh up like if this lasts for a long time i'm gonna have to think about like whether or not i have children or like can i in the past one of my favourite things to do has been to travel to countries on my own and walk around all day doing things and eating food. <laughs> like, I couldn't do any of that right now. And, and will I be able to do that in the future? It's still early days. It's re- it really is still early days. But in the back of my mind, those are the thoughts that I have. Because... <sighs> Because I miss the yeah. old way of life. My chair is making so many fart noises as you were saying that really <laughs> intense and like emotional thing. Um, Maybe we should give an ending to this podcast. But I don't sort of don't know what the ending is. Well, I mean, I mean, it doesn't. I don't know. I I don't. Part of me is like I don't want to give you the listener. Like a point of closure, a neat ending. Because this hasn't been a neat, kind of, packaged, like, regular shape for you. So, like, how how could we sit here and be like, and then she had a lung transplant and lived in the forest with the animals. And, you know what I mean? Like, there's no happy ending because, like, it's not like that's that's not part of that would be reductionist right like or reductive it would be like dishonest i think yeah. to be like it would be dishonest neat ending the ending is your body says right shut up stop talking that's the end of the pod- podcast like that's the ending bye <laughs> it is yeah. god wear a mask guys yeah stay away from each other <laughs> stay away from each other wash your hands I don't Kick know. Boris Johnson, if you see. None of that worked for me, so I don't know why I'm advising it for I anyone think, else. But, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so depressing. Don't vote Conservative next time, I think, is probably. That's the answer, yeah. Because, that's the advice. like, if we're going to offload respons- responsibility onto individuals, it should be onto the fucking idiots that voted Tory. Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening and please stay safe love you bye